Hello, before we get to Jack and Annie, um, I would like to say that I am a kindergarten teacher and I have not had my hair cut since October of 2019 because of the pandemic. In order to raise money for the San Antonio Food Bank, my kindergarten class is going to cut my hair. On June 1st, for the first time in over a year and a half, five and six-year-olds are going to give me whatever haircut they decide they think I need. We are doing this to raise money for the food bank. If you are in a position in your life where you can afford to donate as little as $5, as much as you are able to, um, we would love it. We are trying to make a difference in the world. You can go to the website my.safoodbank.org slash Mr. Mr. Jason my.safoodbank.org slash Mr. Jason. There's a picture of me on that site. You can donate there. There's information about my class and all of that stuff. So anyways, that is it. I'm done taking up your time. On to Jack and Annie. Thank you. I would like to dedicate this book to Ruby. Magic Treehouse number 31, a Merlin mission number three. Summer of the Sea Serpent by Mary Pope Osborne. Chapter 1, Summer Solstice Jack was sitting on the porch reading the newspaper. It was a warm summer day, but the porch was shady and cool. Annie poked her head out of the screen door. Hey, Mom says she'll drive us to the lake this afternoon, she said. Jack didn't raise his eyes from the weather page. Did you know today is the summer solstice, he said. What's that, asked Annie. It's the official first day of summer, said Jack. There's more daylight today than on any other day of the year. Cool, said Annie. Starting tomorrow, the days will get shorter and shorter, said Jack. A loud screech came from overhead. Look, said Annie, a seagull. Jack looked up. A large white gull was circling in the bright noon sky. What's he doing here, asked Jack. The ocean's two hours away. The gull swooped down and screeched again. Maybe he's a messenger from Morgan or Merlin, said Annie. Maybe one of them sent him to tell us the treehouse is finally back. Jack's heart began to pound. He put down the newspaper. You think so? He asked. Jack and Annie hadn't seen the magic treehouse since their Merlin mission to a haunted castle last Halloween. Jack had begun to worry that the treehouse might never come back. Look, he's flying toward the woods, said Annie. Jack jumped up. Okay, he said, let's go. We'll be back soon, Mom, Annie called. Then she and Jack dashed across their yard. They ran down their street and into the Frog Creek woods. The shady woods were dappled with sunlight. The air smelled fresh and clean. Jack and Annie hurried past the leafy trees until they came to the tallest oak. High in the oak branches, the magic treehouse was waiting for them. Wow, Jack and Annie said together. The treehouse looked exactly the same as when they'd last seen it. Annie grabbed the rope ladder and started up. Jack followed. When they climbed inside the treehouse, no one was there. Look, our royal invitation is still here, said Annie. She picked up the card that had taken them to Camelot on Christmas Eve. And our leaf from Merlin is still here, said Jack. He picked up the yellow autumn leaf that had sent them on their Halloween mission. This is new, said Annie. She picked up a pale blue seashell. The shell was shaped like a small fan. There was writing on it. Hey, this looks like Merlin's handwriting, said Annie. We must be going on another mission for Merlin. She read aloud the message from the magician. To Jack and Annie of Frog Creek. On this summer solstice, journey to a land lost in mist, 
to a time even before Camelot. Follow my rhyme to complete your mission. M. Annie looked up. What rhyme? She said. Let me see. Jack took the shell from her and turned it over. On the other side was a poem. Jack read the poem aloud. Before night falls on this long summer day, a shining sword must find its way into your hands and out of the gloom or Camelot's king shall meet his doom. To begin your quest for this sword of light, call for the help of the water knight. Then pass through the cave of the spider queen. Spider queen, Annie interrupted. She frowned. Spiders were about the only thing she was afraid of. Don't think about it now, said Jack. Let's keep going. He read on. Pass through the cave of the spider queen and swim with a selkie clothed in green. Enter the cove of the stormy coast. Dive neath the cloak of the old gray ghost. Jack stopped reading. Old gray ghost, he said. Don't think about it now, said Annie. Keep going. Jack read more. Answer a question with love, not fear. With rhyme and sword, your home is near. Both Jack and Annie were silent for a moment. That's a lot to do before nightfall, Jack finally said. Yeah, said Annie, and I'm a little worried about the spider part. And the ghost part, said Jack. Hey, said Annie, if we're going on another Merlin mission, I'll bet Teddy will come with us. He can help us get through the scary parts. Right, said Jack. Just hearing Teddy's name made him feel braver. So, said Annie, onward? Onward was Teddy's favorite word. Onward, said Jack. He pointed to the handwriting on the pale blue shell. I wish we could go to the time before Camelot. The wind started to blow. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still, absolutely still. Chapter Two, The Water Night. A salty breeze blew into the treehouse. Seagulls screeched overhead. Jack and Annie looked out the treehouse window. They were high in the branches of a gnarled old tree. The tree was on a sea cliff beneath snow-capped mountains. The mountains overlooked a rocky coast. There was no sign of human life anywhere. It looks wild and lonely here, said Annie. Really lonely, said Jack. I wonder where Merlin and Teddy are. I don't know, said Annie. They were in the trunk of our tree last time. Let's look for them in this one. She climbed down the rope ladder. Jack crammed the seashell in his pocket and followed her. Merlin, Annie called. Teddy. Jack and Annie circled the gnarled tree trunk, but there was no sign of an entrance into the magical chamber of Merlin, the magician. They circled the tree again. Jack tapped the bark in several places. I have a feeling no one lives inside this tree, said Annie. I think you're right, said Jack. Maybe they're down by the water, said Annie. Annie and Jack walked a few feet to the edge of the sea cliff and looked down at the rugged coast. They saw three coves, separated from each other by rocky cliffs. The cliffs were filled with shadowy crags and the dark mouths of caves. In the first cove, sunlit water flowed from the open sea through a small space between the cliffs, then washed onto a pebbly shore. The second cove was smaller, but looked much like the first. The third cove was different. The farthest away, it was surrounded by a ring of bright green hills. A thin white mist hung over its milky green waters. I don't see any sign of Merlin or Teddy, said Jack. I guess we'll have to get started without them. Read the beginning of Merlin's rhyme again, said Annie. Jack took the shell from his pocket and read aloud. Before night falls on this long summer day, a shining sword must find its way. 
into your hands and out of the gloom, or Camelot's king shall meet his doom. Jack looked up at the sky. The sun was almost directly overhead. It must be around noon now, he said. We don't have much time, said Annie. What do we do first? Jack looked back at the rhyme and read aloud. To begin your quest for this sword of light, call for the help of the water knight. Oh, easy, said Annie. It is, said Jack. Sure, said Annie. If he's a water knight, he's probably down by the water. She started down the steep rocky hill that led to the nearest cove. Jack stuffed the shell back in his pocket. But who is the water knight? He yelled as he followed Annie. It doesn't matter, she yelled back. We just have to go down to the water and call for his help. They climbed over large boulders toward the cove. The boulders were slippery, but Jack's sneakers kept him from sliding. A damp breeze blew from the sea and made his skin and clothes feel clammy. When they got to the shore, Jack wiped the mist off his glasses and looked around. The wide beach was covered with silvery pebbles, shells, and rows of sea foam. Sandpipers and gulls picked at tangled ribbons of soggy seaweed. The tide must be out, said Jack. He studied the cliffs above the cove. I don't know how a knight can get down here. A horse can never make it over all those rocks. Let's just do what the rhyme tells us, said Annie, and see what happens. Annie stretched out her arms. She closed her eyes. She raised her head toward the sky and shouted, Oh, water knight, whoever you are, come here and help Jack and Annie. Oh, brother, Jack muttered to himself. Suddenly, they heard the wild cries of seagulls. Jack, look, said Annie. She pointed toward the middle of the cove. Seabirds were screeching and flapping above a giant swirl of spray and foam. The swirl was spinning just above the surface of the water, headed toward the beach. Wow, said Annie. She took off running across the sand. Come back, shouted Jack. No, come look, said Annie. Jack hurried to the edge of the surf. Through the blur of spinning spray and foam, he saw the silver helmet of a knight appear above the water. He saw silver breast armor. Then a strange creature burst through the surface, carrying the knight on its back. The creature had a horse's head and neck and front legs, but instead of back legs, it had a long silvery fish's tail. With the water knight on its back, the horse creature half galloped and half swam through the cove. Seagulls shrieked wildly overhead, following the pair toward the shore. As the knight drew close to the edge of the water, he looked straight at Jack and Annie. He raised his gloved hand and beckoned to them. Okay, we're coming, cried Annie. She started pulling off her sneakers. Wait, let's think about this, cried Jack. We don't have time, said Annie. He wants to help us. He's like the stag that came for us in Camelot. No, he isn't, said Jack. He's much weirder. But Annie tossed her sneakers into the rocks and splashed through the shallow water. The knight held out his hand and helped her onto the strange horse creature. The creature slapped its fish's tail against the water, sending up a fountain of spray. Come on, Jack, Annie yelled. We can't waste time. Annie's right, Jack thought. They had to find the sword of light before nightfall. He pulled off his sneakers and tossed them up onto the rocks near Annie's. Then he stepped into the cold water and waded out to the night. Annie helped pull Jack up onto the horse creature. He sat on its scaly tail and clung to Annie while she held on tightly to the water knight's tunic. The silvery fish's tail slapped the water. A shower of spray rained down on Jack. 
He closed his eyes. <clears throat> Onward, he said faintly. The water knight turned away from the shore. With more slaps of its tail, the horse creature began galloping and swimming across the cove. The seagulls shrieked wildly as they swooped after them. Bumping up and down, Jack clung desperately to Annie. He kept his eyes squeezed shut and tried hard not to fall off. As they sped across the cove, the water knight guided his steed steadily over each ripple and wave. The bumpy ride soon turned into a smooth one. This is great, cried Annie. Jack opened his eyes. With the wind and spray whipping his face and hair, he began to feel more excited than scared. I'll bet he's taken us to the Sword of Light, cried Annie. We'll be done with our mission in no time. That would be too easy, thought Jack. But as they sped over the waves, he grew hopeful. Maybe she's right. Maybe it will be easy, he thought. Not all our missions have to be hard. But what about the rest of the stuff in the rhyme? What about... Before Jack could finish his thought, the strange horse creature stopped and reared up. Jack and Annie tumbled over its fishtail and splashed into the cold water. They sank for a moment and then bobbed back up to the surface, frantically treading water. They looked up at the water knight and his horse. The knight lifted his arm into the air. He pointed to a pile of boulders near the base of a nearby cliff. Then he spread the fingers of his gloved hand in a gesture of farewell. Bye! Thanks! shouted Annie. The horse creature slapped its fish's tail and took off in a fountain of spray and foam. With the gulls circling above them, the mysterious pair whirled toward the passage between the cliffs that led out to the sea. In a moment, they vanished into the open water beyond. Chapter 3, Cave of the Spider Queen. Gentle waves rippled through the cove as Jack and Annie swam to the foot of the cliff. They pulled themselves onto the boulders, soaking wet. They sat for a moment in the warm sunlight and caught their breath. That was so cool, said Annie. Yeah, but why, Jack gasped. Why did he dump us way out here? What do we do now? Check the rhyme, said Annie. What happens after we call for the help of the water knight? Jack reached into his pocket and pulled out the seashell. He read aloud, call for the help of the water knight then passed through the cave of the Spider Queen. Oh, right, said Annie. She took a deep breath. Spider Queen. Sorry, Jack said softly, but don't worry. Maybe the Spider Queen is just a person. Maybe Spider Queen is her nickname. But what if she's half a person and half a spider, said Annie, like the Raven King was half a man and half a raven? Jack shuddered at the memory of the monster on their last Merlin mission. Don't think about that, he said. Time's running out. Let's just find this cave. Annie nodded and smiled bravely. Okay, you're right, she said. They stood up and started climbing barefoot around the craggy curves at the base of the cliff. As they rounded a corner, they both gasped. In front of them was the mouth of a cave. The mouth was covered with thick, sticky white ropes. The ropes were woven tightly together in a crisscross cobweb pattern. If that's a spider web, we're in big trouble, said Annie. Jack tried to sound calm. Um, the size of the web doesn't actually tell us the size of the spider, he said. Plus, I once read that no spider on earth is bigger than a dinner plate. Yeah, and no horse on earth has a giant fish's tail either, said Annie. Good point, thought Jack. Let's just concentrate on finding the sword of light before nightfall, he said. 
Jack picked up a stone the size of a softball. He hurled it toward the mouth of the cave. The stone sailed through the giant cobweb and into the cave, pulling the sticky rope-like strands down with it. Jack turned to Annie. Ready, he said. She didn't move. Jack took her hand. Don't worry, I won't let any monster spiders get you, he said. He nodded toward the mouth of the cave. Onward? Onward, Annie repeated in a small voice. Then together, she and Jack stepped over the fallen web and entered the cave of the Spider Queen. Inside the cave, the walls were black and shiny. The ground was wet and slippery under their bare feet. Yikes, Annie said, jumping back. A pale pink crab scuttled sideways across the rocky floor. Don't be afraid, said Jack. That's not a spider. I know, said Annie. Sorry. As they went deeper and deeper into the cave, it grew darker and darker. Finally, Jack saw a faint light coming from a wide arched passage. That way, he said. They stepped through the arch into a round chamber with a high ceiling. There were several large cracks in the ceiling that let in beams of sunlight. The misty light shined on mossy green ledges and on a green, spongy-looking floor. Silver droplets dripped from above, kerplopping into tiny pools. Squeaks and chirps came from crannies and hiding places in the walls. What's that noise? asked Annie. Probably just teeny cave crickets or baby bats, said Jack. No, that noise, said Annie. The whispering noise. Jack listened. Then he heard it. A low whispering. He couldn't make out the words. It just sounded like whisper, 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 whisper. The hair stood up on the back of his neck. Now he began to feel scared. This place is really creepy, said Annie. No kidding, said Jack, but we don't have to stay here long. The rhyme says we just have to pass through the cave, so let's hurry and pass through it. Jack and Annie walked through the ghostly green light of the chamber. The spongy floor squished beneath their bare feet. As they searched for an exit from the cave, they both kept an eye out for the spider queen. Hey, look at that starfish, said Annie. She pointed to a bright orange starfish clinging to the rocky ceiling. How'd he get up there? Before Jack could answer, a wave crashed into the chamber. Water splashed over Jack and Annie. Yikes, said Annie. She and Jack jumped onto a mossy ledge jutting out from the wall. The wave washed back out. There was a moment of quiet. Then another wave surged into the chamber. It splashed against the cave walls, soaking Jack and Annie again. Oh man, said Jack, the tide must be coming in. Soon this whole cave will be flooded. The wave receded. For a moment, all was quiet again. We better leave now, said Jack. Quick, go back the way we came in. Jack and Annie jumped down from the ledge, but before they could escape, another wave crashed into the cave. This one swept them off their feet and pulled them down into the foamy water. Jack grabbed Annie's hand. Fighting the swirling current, they climbed back up onto the mossy ledge. The water churned and gurgled around the chamber. We can't go back the way we came in, said Jack. The waves will just keep knocking us down and we'll get caught in the current. Maybe we can get out through that crack cried Annie. She pointed to the widest crack in the cave ceiling. It was high above the swirling water. It's too high, said Jack. We can't get up there. He looked frantically around the flooded cave, searching for another way out. Suddenly, he froze in horror. Clinging to a ledge near the ceiling crack 
was the spider queen. She had eight red glowing eyes. She had eight long hairy legs and she was much bigger than a dinner plate. The spider queen was bigger than Jack. Chapter four, web walk. Jack grabbed Annie's hand. Whatever you do, don't look up, he said. Annie looked up. Ah! She screamed. She started to leap off the ledge into the churning waters, but then another wave crashed wildly against the walls. Jack held Annie back. Don't jump, he shouted. You'll drown. Above the sound of the rushing waters, a loud whisper echoed around the cave. Stay, stay, stay. The spider queen was staring down at them with her eight red eyes. As Jack and Annie stared back in horror, the giant spider shot a web strand as thick as a rope straight toward them. Jack and Annie ducked. The strand stuck to the wall. What's she doing? cried Annie. I don't know, said Jack. He and Annie looked back up at the spider queen. She crawled a few feet closer to the crack in the wall. She stared down at them for a moment with her glowing eyes, then shot out another thick rope strand. Watch out, shouted Jack. He and Annie ducked. Thwack! The second web rope stuck to the ledge just a few feet away from the first. Oh no, look, shrieked Annie. She pointed up at the cave ceiling. The monster spider was zigzagging between the two strands of her web. She was heading straight toward them. Jack and Annie screamed and pressed themselves against the wall. We have to leave, cried Annie. But before they could make a move, another wave crashed into the cave. The water swirled with ferocious force around the chamber. We can't leave, cried Jack. We can't stay, cried Annie. Wait, 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 whispered the spider queen. The giant spider kept zigzagging between the two lines, spinning more web, coming closer and closer and closer to Jack and Annie. They watched in horror, unable to speak or move. But just when she came close enough to touch them, the spider queen turned and scurried back up to the ceiling, leaving a giant web ladder behind her. The spider queen stared down at Jack and Annie with her eight red eyes. Climb, 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 she whispered from her spot in the ceiling. I think she wants to help us, said Jack. No, she wants to trap us, said Annie. The spider whispered again, climb, climb, climb. Something about her voice made Jack feel certain the spider queen wanted to help. She doesn't want to hurt us, he said. She wants to help us escape. Besides, we don't have any choice. The water was rising higher and higher over their ledge. It was swirling above their ankles now. We have to climb her web, said Jack. I'll go first. He reached up and grabbed one of the spider ropes. It felt damp and sticky. He pulled himself onto the bottom strands of the web ladder. Grab on, he shouted to Annie above the roar of the water. We have to get to that crack in the ceiling. Annie grabbed one of the web ropes. Ooh, she said, it's gross. Just climb, said Jack. Holding tightly to the sticky strands, Jack and Annie began making their way up the Spider Queen's web ladder. The web swayed and stretched, but it was sturdy enough to hold their weight. Its stickiness kept them from slipping and falling. Crawling and climbing, they moved higher and higher above the crashing waters. As they drew near the crack in the ceiling, Jack kept his eyes on the Spider Queen. She was watching them carefully. Finally, Jack reached the ceiling crack. He swung to one side of the web ladder, 
putting himself between Annie and the giant spider. You go first, he said. Okay, said Annie. She grabbed the rocky edge of the opening and stuck her head out of the crack. There's nowhere to go but into the water, she called. How far down is it, said Jack. Pretty far, said Annie, but I think we can make it. Wait, said Jack, but Annie was already squeezing herself through the crack. Annie, be careful, said Jack. Splash! Oh, man, said Jack. He gripped the edge of the crack. Then he glanced back at the spider queen. Her glowing red eyes peered out at him from the shadows. Go, 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 she whispered. Jack smiled at her. Thanks, he said. Go, the spider queen whispered again. Jack pulled himself out of the darkness into a narrow, rocky ledge. The bright sun sparkled on the blue water of the small cove below. Come on, Annie shouted. She was bobbing up and down on the gentle waves. Jack took off his glasses. He pinched his nose and closed his eyes. Then he jumped off the ledge. Chapter 5. Bar! Bar! Jack splashed into the blue, sunlit sea. He sank to the bottom and then bobbed back up. He coughed and pushed his hair out of his eyes. Annie was treading water nearby. Hey, she called. Hey, Jack sputtered. I was wrong. You were right, Annie said. She sounded thrilled. The Spider Queen just wanted to help us. Yeah, said Jack. He shook the seawater off his glasses and put them back on. She must be really lonely, said Annie. She probably feels like she has to hide in that cave because she's so scary looking. Maybe, said Jack. He looked around the second cove. Purple shadows stretched over a rocky seashore beneath the cliffs. The sun had moved farther across the sky. We'd better hurry, said Jack. What do we do now? Read the rhyme, said Annie. Jack pulled the shell out of his pocket. Treddy water, he read the next line in Merlin's poem. And swim with a selkie clothed in green. What's a selkie, said Annie. Who knows, said Jack. He looked at the cliffs and the shore. Is a selkie a fish? A person? What? He wondered. Then Jack saw two dark shapes speeding like fat torpedoes below the surface of the water. They were coming straight toward him and Annie. Watch out! Jack shouted. Yikes! Annie yelled. Jack and Annie swam out of the way as the creatures moved swiftly past them. Suddenly, two sleek gray heads popped above the surface. They had wide snouts and long white whiskers. They had tiny wrinkly ears and big dark eyes. Seals, cried Annie. The two seals turned their heads like periscopes. When they saw Jack and Annie, they opened their mouths, showing their small pointed teeth. They seemed to be smiling. Hi, guys, said Annie. Bar, bar, the seals barked. Then they rolled through the water and bumped Jack and Annie with their noses. They barked again joyfully, then darted toward the shore. Come on, cried Annie. Let's play with them. We don't have time to play, said Jack. But Annie had already started after the seals, swimming toward the rocky beach. Annie, stop, called Jack. We have to hurry and find the Selkie and the Sword of Light before nightfall fall, or King Arthur will meet his doom. Jack's voice trailed off. Annie didn't hear him. She and the two seals had reached the shore and were getting out of the water. The seals clumsily hauled their chubby bodies onto a big rock and flopped down. Annie climbed onto the rock too. Annie, come on, shouted Jack. It could be as late as four o'clock now, he thought, and there was still a lot they had to do before nightfall. Let's rest for a moment, Annie called. 
She sat near the seals and patted their shiny heads as if they were big dogs. The seals barked. Actually, Jack wanted to rest too. He felt really tired. Maybe we could rest for a minute on the rock with the seals, he thought, then search for the selkie. Well, okay, he shouted, but just for a quick minute. Jack headed for shore. By the time he dragged himself out of the water, the seals were lying on their backs with their eyes closed. Their white whiskers twitched as they slept in the warm sunlight. Shh, they're napping, said Annie. She lay down beside the seals and closed her eyes too. The sun feels really good, Jack. Come on, lie down with us for a second. Oh, brother, Jack muttered. But the afternoon sunlight did feel good. He climbed onto the warm rock and lay down next to Annie and the seals. Okay, just for a quick second, he said. Jack closed his eyes. The sunshine felt good on his tired arms and legs. The gentle sea breeze felt especially clean and fresh after the cave of the Spider Queen. The next thing he knew, he had faded into a deep, peaceful sleep. Chapter 6, The Selkie Wake up, lazy bones. You can't sleep all afternoon, said a friendly voice. Jack's eyes shot open. Oh no, he thought. What time is it? He sat up and looked around. The seals were gone. Standing over Jack and Annie was a barefoot boy with a happy, freckled face. Teddy, said Jack. For a moment, he forgot all about the time. Teddy, Teddy, cried Annie. She leaped up and hugged the young sorcerer. Teddy grinned from ear to ear. He was wearing a brown tunic. His red hair was damp. You're finally here, said Jack, laughing. I have been here for some time, said Teddy. Merlin sent me early this morning. I was waiting for you on the beach when Kathleen came along, inviting me to go for a swim with her. Teddy turned to a girl standing a little farther down the beach. Like Teddy, she looked to be about 13. Kathleen, he called, come meet my friends. The girl smiled and began walking over the rocks toward Jack, Annie, and Teddy. She wore a green dress that looked as if it had been woven from grass. Her hair fell in black ringlets down to her waist like a dark waterfall. These are my good friends, Jack and Annie, Teddy said to the girl. They come from a faraway land. Hello, Jack and Annie, the girl said in a bold, friendly voice. I am very happy to meet you. My name is Kathleen. As she spoke, Kathleen's large eyes sparkled with the blue of the sky and water. Jack couldn't speak. Kathleen was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. I like your dress, said Annie. Kathleen laughed. I wove it from seagrass, she said. I'm not a very good weaver, I am sad to say. Do you live here? asked Annie. I do, said Kathleen, with my 19 sisters. 19 sisters, said Annie. Yes, said Kathleen, tossing back her long curls. I am the youngest of us all. We live in a cave up in the cliffs. Cool, said Annie. Is your cave like the cave of the Spider Queen? No, no, said Kathleen. It is much more cheerful than Morag's cave. So that's her name, said Annie. I'm worried that she might be lonely. Ah, uh, do not worry, said Kathleen. Morag has many friends, bats, crabs, starfish, but it is kind of you to be concerned about her. She smiled at Annie. Kathleen's friendly manner finally gave Jack the courage to speak. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> the water night was really cool too, he said. The water night, said Kathleen. Yeah, he said. The guy who carried us across the first cove. Kathleen looked puzzled. His horse had a fish's tail, said Annie. How strange, 
said Kathleen. I often swim in that cove, but I've never seen or heard of such a night. Have you lived here a long time? asked Annie. Always, said Kathleen. Kathleen is a Salkie, said Teddy. A Salkie, said Jack and Annie together. Yes, said Kathleen, laughing. You're in Merlin's rhyme, said Annie. It says, swim with a Selkie clothed in green. Merlin's rhyme, asked Teddy. Merlin gave us a rhyme to help us find the sword of light, said Jack. The smile left Kathleen's face. Her beautiful eyes darkened. You have come in search of the sword of light, she said. Oh dear, what's wrong, said Jack. Many have passed through here seeking the sword of light, said Kathleen. But as soon as anyone enters the cove beyond the jellyfish cave, terrible winter storms seem to burst out of nowhere. Even in summer, the storms have icy winds and rain. No seekers of the sword have ever survived these gales. Have you ever been to the cove beyond the jellyfish cave? asked Jack. Kathleen shook her head. My older sisters have always forbidden me to go there, she said. In fact, no Selkie has ever dared swim into the cove of the stormy coast. Cove of the stormy coast, said Annie. That's the next line in Merlin's rhyme. Enter the cove of the stormy coast. What is Merlin's rhyme? asked Teddy. Here, said Jack. Look, he handed the seashell to Teddy. The boy sorcerer quickly read Merlin's message and rhyme. Then he looked at the sky. The sun moves on, he said. Let us make haste. We must find the sword before nightfall, or someday Arthur will meet his doom. Wait a minute, said Annie. She looked at Kathleen. The rhyme says we're supposed to swim with you. Will you come with us? Kathleen looked at them for a long moment. Then she stood up and tossed back her curls. Her eyes were bright. I have always wanted to explore that cove, she said. Hooray, said Teddy. You will be the first Selkie to do so. A grand adventure awaits us all. Onward. Hold on, said Jack. What about that jellyfish cave? You need not worry about the jellyfish, said Kathleen. They cannot harm us. They cannot, said Jack. No, said the Selkie. Not if we all change into seals. <laughs>